0: After chapter 13, we now move to chapter 14 entitled, Gunatraya Vibhaga Yoga that deals with the Gunas. Arjuna asks, The scriptures describe you as the one without a second. But when you project yourself onto
1: creation, we see only diversity. Why is that? Krishna replies, That Arjuna is entirely due to the play of the gunas. I have earlier mentioned gunas in passing. I shall now tell you more. The word guna means tendency or characteristic. There are basically three gunas Tamoguna, Rajoguna, and Sattva Guna. The characteristic that I mentioned pertains to body functions as well as that of the mind. At this stage, I must clarify that God has deliberately built guna into the scheme of things where the universe is concerned. There is purpose behind God's action as always. At the same time, man must watch out and make sure that he does not become a slave to the gunas. A few words now about the basic nature associated with the three gunas. tamoguna is related to inactivity. Rajoguna is connected with vigorous action and Sattva-guna with calmness. At the purely body level, when a person is sleeping, he is under the spell of Tamoguna. When he is vigorous and active, for example while playing, he is responding to Rajoguna and while praying or doing service, he is exhibiting Sattva-guna. All this is a broad brush description and I must now supplement this with some details. Firstly you must understand that not only every human being but in fact every being is a composite of the three fundamental gunas in some proportion or the other with one particular guna dominating over the others. This mixture of the tamo, rajo And sattva can be done in innumerable ways. And that is what leads to the extraordinary diversity that one sees in nature. Later, after the war is over, try out an experiment in mixing colors. Start with red, green and blue. And mix them in different proportions. Like red 10%, green 60% and blue 30% red 5%, green 15% and blue 80% and so on. Obviously, this kind of mixing can be done in an infinite number of ways with each mixture leading to one particular composite color. It is the same in nature except that what is mixed are the three fundamental gunas that I mentioned earlier. Arjuna asks, Krishna, you say each person
0: correspond to one particular mix of the basic three gunas. Agreed. Does this composition remain unchanged throughout the life of that person or can there be changes and fluctuations?
1: Krishna replies, Good question. The average value, if I might say so, generally does not change unless there is a compelling force exerted either from outside or from inside. However, daily fluctuations there could be and indeed do occur. Thus, a person may be generally sattvic, that means he should be calm. However, once in a while he could get angry too, and anger rises from rajas. Thus, you have here an example of the deviation from the norm. However, despite such fluctuations, it is possible to characterize a person as basically of the tamasic or rajasic or sattvic type. From now on, you must understand that whenever I refer to the guna of a person, I am referring to his average nature. The characteristic of a person basically reflects his mental attitude. Thus, a sattvic person is gentle, usually calm often smiling, generally helpful, soft-spoken, etc. There is a distinctive aura about such a person. I suppose you get the general picture. A Rajasik person is restless and itches for action. Sometimes he is even hyperactive. Of course, it is ambition and desire that drive his activity and make him dynamic. Naturally. Such a person can get agitated, can become angry, feels disappointed when he fails and so on. The tamasic person is at the bottom, being a personification of dullness, sloth, inertia, laziness and what have you. He is totally devoid of initiative and a confirmed work shirker. Well, that gives in a nutshell what the three basic types of people are.
0: Arjuna asks... Krishna, a person is tamasic, knows that he is so and wants to change. What is he to do?
1: Krishna replies, On account of his varied nature, it is doubtful if a tamasic person would, of his own accord, want to change. Yet he may feel the urge on advice from a noble soul. In such an event, laziness must be eliminated with activity. In other words, tamas must be conquered with rajas. Continuing, Krishna adds, While rajas is certainly preferable to tamas, one must not forget its undesirable aspects. In fact, rajas has a strong tendency to get amplified. Hence, before much damage is done, rajas itself must be vanquished with satwa. So tamas first with rajas and rajas then with satwa. I have told you how rajas is to be used for overcoming tamas. Likewise, sattva is invoked by avoiding bad company and seeking only good company. By the way, don't imagine that good company means only good people. A good book also could be a good companion. In this context, the scriptures must be given priority number one. Depending on the guna of the person, destiny bestows different kinds of rewards on different people. A tamasic person would be condemned to a state of ignorance naturally. I mean, how can a lazy person ever hope to become wise and knowledgeable? As for the rajasic person, He might know a lot about the world, but his greed and avarice would often plunge him into misery. Ajna asks, Krishna, there is something here that
0: I do not understand. My observation is that in this world, it is often the sattvic person who suffers most and not the rajasic person. In fact, frequently it is the rajasic person who inflicts suffering on the sattvic
1: person. Krishna replies, Superficially, what you say might seem to be correct, but know this to be true. The pain that the sattvic person undergoes is actually meant to purify him and increase his eligibility for God. Everything has a purpose in my master plan. All that I have told you so far is about how these people behave while alive. What is their fate after death? The tamasic person would be reborn somewhere at the bottom. He might even lose his human form if his track record has been poor. Does that mean that there is no hope? Not really. Just that, in his case, the due process of refinement would take longer, that is all. It is like travel. A person would cover distance slower. If he walks, than he would if he rides a horse, that is all. The Rajasik person would be born in an environment of activity. All his life would be immersed in activity, like business for example. Such people are full of unfulfilled desires. They would therefore be born again and again, till their thirst for worldly attractions and pleasures get exhausted. Worldly desire is the main cause for rebirth. Every person has desires peculiar to his personality. I have not yet said anything about the Sattvic person. What about him? Believe it or not, he too has desires of his own. His desire may not be rooted in greed or avarice, but gentle people too have desires. They want good children, for example. Arjuna asks, Krishna, God,
0: that is to say you, have to be reasonable. How can man ever get rid of desires? We have stories in the epics that tell us that even great souls succumb to desires of various kinds. Surely, you can't be serious when you are talking of getting rid of desires.
1: Krishna replies, you have a valid point there. But there is one thing that can be done and that is to change the direction of desire. Instead of desiring the pleasures of the world, have an intense desire for God and seek the bliss that the Lord alone can confer. Thus, by converting one type of desire into another type, all problems get solved. A person who desires only God automatically rises above the gunas. Such a person is called a gunatita. Arjuna asks, above the gunas? Krishna replies, yes, above the gunas. What does that mean? It simply means that the person is not tamasik, he is not Rajsik, and he is not satvik either. He is beyond all the three standard types. Arjuna shakes his
0: head and mutters, I can't understand. What sort of person
1: is this? Krishna says in reply, Arjuna, I have in fact already described such a person earlier. Only, I did not use the term Gunatita then. Such a person couldn't care less about the attractions of the world. That is because the only thing he wants is God. He is not bothered about friend and foe about joy and sorrow, etc., etc. That is to say, he is completely above the pairs of opposites. Things like joy and sorrow bother only a person with a dual mind or one who is below the gunas. But our friend has a one-track mind. He is concerned only with God and nothing else. Thus, he is immersed in the world of oneness. That is why he is said to be beyond the gunas.
0: Sounding skeptical, Arjuna mutters.
1: Sounds like a tough job. Krishna comments. Oh yes, what is not difficult in this world? Listen, if you want something desperately, you will not really bother about difficulties, obstacles, etc. Both you and I, have seen people struggling against impossible odds to achieve all kinds of worldly objectives. But when it comes to God, people seem to quit even before trying. Reaching God is no more difficult than many of the stupid stunts that people are all the time trying. People do many mad things for fame. They want to become immortal. How foolish! Removal of immorality is the proper way to immortality. Love me and become one with me. That is the right and proper and indeed the only way to become immortal. Let not stunts delude you. Well, to wrap it up, people get what they deserve and that is determined essentially by their gunas. The Satvic type get the best deal, shall I say. They go to heaven. However, their stay there will end for sure one day and they have to come back and face the hassle all over once again. But there is an even better deal, that is, coming to me. He who makes me his goal comes to me for sure and stays with me forever. That is certain.